Hello, and welcome back to me, welcome back to you, welcome back to everyone. This is Making Sparkles, Making the Musical Sparkle Pony Bear. I am your host, writer, composer, idiot savant, T.C. Crosser. Um, and if you're just joining me for the first time, realize there are five full episodes full of fun shenanigans. Please go back, listen to them. Go on iTunes, rate and review me. It always helps. Not that I have any yet, but it's always fun to say shit like that because then I feel like I'm a professional podcast. (laughs) Um, So I've been away for two weeks and not much notice. Um, If you follow me on social media, you probably will realize I went on vacation and not just any vacation, I spent a week in Hawaii, um, more specifically at Honolulu, stayed at the amazing Honolulu Modern Hotel. It was so needed. Honolulu was fantastic. I so needed it. I think creatively, and this is where we're just going to dive right in. So I, I feel that um, going back and kind of listening and rereading and all the things you typically do on a vacation, like going to the rainforest and Instagramming shots and comparing them to scenes in my favorite movies, such as The Cure is in the Ant from The Medicine Man or Nature Finds a Way from Jurassic Park or just going, oh my God, I found Sigourney Weaver, hashtag gorillas in the mist. <laughs> As you can see, a vacation with me is always going to be quite a splendid thing. Um, But it really allowed me a moment to kind of step back. Um, So as you may or may not know, I'm actually working on about four different projects right now. Um, And that's kind of the thing about when you're working in the creative industry. Um, Whether you're doing script writing, producing bands, scoring for commercials... All of you know, you have to work 10 times harder than anyone else, and you have to have at least five other projects going on because any one of them, and more likely most of them, are going to get rejected or put in a pile, and you're just going to have to play the whole hurry-up-and-wait game. So so what the vacation allowed me to do was take all of my moleskins with me, which... <laughs> <laughs> was its own curious battle, but uh, and just making a lot of notes and just discussing a lot of different themes and ideas. Um, I didn't bring my laptop. I had limited cell phone access. Um, it was fantastic. It, it definitely, I highly encourage it. If you are a creative professional um, and you've been working on anything for over six months, you do need that space. You need that chance to just smoke a big fucking joint and just tell everyone to just go piss off. Um, My typical flavor is League of Legends. The uh, LCS NA finally finished their summer split with Team Solo Mid winning. Woohoo! And I think of the five of you that listen to this, probably zero of you understand what any of that means. Um... So yeah, so what I wanted to kind of do is share some of the thoughts I had with Sparkle Pony Bear. And as you can hear through the rustling, because I have my dynamic microphone on a very high compression rate, um, you can hear me flipping through my book. 
because I have notes. Um, I'm also testing out the Logic Pro Remote app on my iPhone Plus. Um, it's okay. I it's I can't remember if I paid for it. I think you have to pay for it, but. Um, basically you just, you control your Logic Pro station remotely from your phone. So I'm lazy. I'm sitting from the comfort of my chair, sofa chair, which is quite a ways away from my actual workstation. Um, but having this is allowing me to do it. I'm still trying to figure it out. There's certain things like, um, it doesn't allow for input monitoring. Um, doesn't, I don't think it allows you to change track names. Oh my God, this is so, so fucking poor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, circling back, it's, again, vacations are important. Separating yourself from the project is important. Um, having a moment of clarity, having a moment where you're not on a strict deadline, you don't have talent you're actively having to communicate with, being able to really objectively look at what you've done, what other people have contributed, and just taking a step back and writing some notes and figuring some shit out um, definitely saved me a lot of time and effort. So for me, the biggest hurdle I was having was that Everyone was loving the concept of this musical. And to recap the concept of this musical, Topher, well into his 50s, way off in the future, where time travel is an actual thing, has decided that he is going to take his current conscious state, his, his self, and implant it in his 16-year-old self in Mason City, Iowa, um, in order to, to make right, to change wrongs. Um, and, and through that course, he realizes he only has two years for this to work before his consciousness gets absorbed by his past self. And it kind of merges into one, and he no longer remembers anything from the future. Uh, there is the actual twist, and the twist is the reason he's doing all of this is because of a two-year, very abusive, very chaotic relationship that he just never was able to get over and and it just affected so much of his life that he wanted to go back in time change the past to change the future to have the ability to ultimately in his head what he wants is to be with this abusive ex he thinks that getting this ex sparkle pony bear um or kevin um going back in time getting kevin and trying to just save him from himself at an earlier date would mean that they could be happy and live the life that they'd always idealistically talked about. That's the core concept. And usually that's enough to get people like scratching their heads and being very interested. Um, I've already shared on this, po this podcast a couple of songs. Um, the songs are catchy. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of critiques. I'm going to kind of go into that later on in this podcast. Um, so yeah, I had a, a wealth of information, but nothing really substantially on paper. Um, in another previous podcast, um, I also kind of discussed and laid out what was happening as far as the script and some of the different ideas. And I just wanted to kind of show you how I kind of start with a generic outline and I kind of flesh things out and I had little snippets of dialogue here and there. Um, but all around, I didn't... I felt like when I was on vacation, stoned out of my mind, sitting on the beach, <laughs> I just, I kind of had this realization. I was like, 
I don't really have anything coherent to show anyone. Um, um, take what I'm about to talk about a little bit with a grain of salt. So very early on, I mentor, I was in a mentorship program with a, a great writer named Scott Meyer. Um, he used to be one of the continuity writers on Star Trek. Um, he infamously wrote the script for Canine and the movie Alaska. <laughs> and this is way back in Charleston, South Carolina. I was probably like 18, 19 years old, insanely precocious. I had no idea how anything worked. And like much of us can attest to, I had this whole idea that, well, why aren't they just writing me a check? Why, why don't you just pay me? Why don't you have money? Um, and the Scott Myers method was a little insane. Um, his hours, I've kind of, I had adapted for many years afterward um, where he wouldn't start writing anything until like 11 at night and he would go to like six in the morning. Um, and, and most of his time was actually because he was a more of a sci-fi writer. Most of his time was just purely spent on illustrating, mapping, and world building. He would spend hours upon hours on just this like lore, and it was like behind all of his stuff. And then literally it would only be like two or three solid hours of actually writing script um, because he had everything kind of mapped out. And I always kind of envied that, and I always thought that was special. But... The main takeaway from him was that he sat me down at one point when he started looking at what I was reading, and A, or writing, and A, what I was writing was crap, um, and B, he pulled me aside and was like, look, unless you have something done, complete, 100% in your hand, and you can go to the producer and go, here, here it is, write me a check, you can no longer run around and tell people that you're amazing and that you deserve money because without a finished product why would anyone want to pay for anything he's like just be just because you have an idea doesn't warrant value to it it's how you write that idea out it's it's you're creating a blueprint you're creating a model for hundreds of people whether they're set designers directors you know if you're in film it's even larger with you know, director of photography, grips. You have all these people that are going to basically be following what you're writing. And if you haven't written it in, then you're leaving it up to interpretation. And especially if it's just an outline, no one can follow this. No one can create this. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, there are many projects where I did kind of wing it, and it turned out pretty good, but still... <laughs> You always want to have it done. And I think that was my greatest lesson and takeaway from him was learning to humble yourself to actually finish it instead of just bragging about it and then kind of moving on with your life. Um, so, so that kind of brings me back to being on vacation. I'm with my moleskin. I'm feeling comfortable. I'm staring at all the hot guys wearing Speedos. Hopefully they're not underage, but you never really know. I don't know. So I was having a good time. Um, but I realized I don't have an actual package I could ever show anyone. And the reason I'm saying take this with a grain of salt is I'm not talking about creating a package because I have people I actually want to send this to. I'm talking about having a package where at any moment in time, I can show someone my progress in the event they inquire and in the event they may have something or a resource that I want or need. 
And I think this is something that I've kind of, I always do, but because of this podcast, I've just forgotten to mention. Because, <laughs> you know. So, so what I did was I kind of outlined what a package would look like. Um, and typically in a package, you want an outline of the entire show, like explaining, you know, you start with a log line or like a synopsis and you break out the characters. Um, and then you have this outline that kind of shows loosely what's going to happen. For me, and this is different from writer to writer, I then have a very comprehensive package on like maybe the first couple of scenes, maybe the first act. Um, something that really, because of the way I write, I like to bang everything out all at once as far as exposition and explanation and story. Like, not like I'm literally explaining what's happening, but just through character development, dialogue. I like to kind of set the pace so that moving forward, the audience isn't constantly guessing everything. Um, so because of that, usually my demo production packages always are the first couple of scenes or songs. So with Sparkle Pony Bear, because of everything I already had, I was like, okay, so what's missing? I need to lay out my three-act structure. So I kind of came up with some notes, um, which I'll go into later. Again, I'm just going to give you broad strokes. Um, I created uh, a breakout of five songs that I want included in this demo package, um, three of which are in varying degrees of already done. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, most importantly, I needed a theme. I needed a surrounding theme that explains this. And that actually, for a lot of people, can be the hardest part because you can write something and know how it ends and know how it all fits together, but you still don't have like the overall message. It doesn't have to be, it's not a parable, it's not a fable. It's just, there, there, there's kind of usually a core concept that everything loosely is interpreted through. Think of it more, think of the, the core theme concept as more like the lens. What type of lens are you seeing this through? Is it heavily you know, covered in Vaseline to make everything look young? Is it, is, is you know, is it atmospheric? You know, there, there, there's a theme and usually it has a very strong emotional connotation. So these are the, the, the building blocks that I started with um, because I'm on a remote, island. well, not remote, it's Hawaii, but, oh yeah, and I didn't find Dog the Bounty Hunter and I was thoroughly pissed because I searched everywhere. I was all over Oahu looking for him and I couldn't find him. So I think he might be on another island or something. But I figure Honolulu is like the busiest city. So I kind of figured if all the street urchin and people he's going to hand a cigarette to and throw in jail, they're going to be anywhere. It's going to be Oahu. But didn't find him. Maybe, maybe those racist remarks made him hide for everyone from everyone. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so not being able to write, not being able to extensively do anything allowed me just to focus on this demo. So the rest of this podcast, that's what we're going to kind of cover is what goes into a demo package, what do producers from my experience want to see, um, and let's further develop that. Let's talk about that. So without further ado, let's get into it, motherfucker. Because I'm a studio man working in the studios, but because I've been a record, 
and rock band producer for so long, um, I'm very inclined towards the concept of the EP. And for those of you that don't know, EP, Extended Play, basically, it's not an album, because the definition of an album, I believe, Union, ASCAP, it has to be at least seven tracks, with each track being at least like two minutes long, um, and each song has to be different. Um, an EP is exact opposite. It's just, it's up to five songs. Usually it's part of a single, so you have the main song that you're actually trying to sell, and then you have some supplemental songs within it. Like, sometimes you have it redone by like some hip-hop producer so it can get more commercial play and sometimes you have a b-side track that was influenced by that song um it's the sizzle reel to get people interested in your band before you produce the album and i have a tremendous amount <laughs> i feel like my life has always been the practice girl before prom um I have countless artists that I've worked with where I developed the EP for them and maybe not just because of me, but because it went so well, the EP allowed them to find like the big dog producer or the big dog recording agency um, that was kind of out, you know, it's a little bit out of my league. <laughs> <laughs> just to put it politely. Um, so so in that, I've really been able to hone and develop. It's very similar in TV writing to like writing a pilot, right? Um, it's not the entire show. It's a part of the show. But it's the part that explains everything, that gets your attention, that gets you to do it. Um, so, so when I do a demo package, it is very much like an EP. I always start with the songs. What songs do I want? And then I kind of go back and I fill in all the other blanks. In the very far... And yes, that was a phone ringing. <laughs> it's Monday for me and I've been a little out because all last week I was in like fucking... Oh my God, I was so jet-lagged. It's like a 12-hour fucking time difference. So, so last week... I didn't really do a whole hell of a lot, and because of that, I'm paying for it with massive amounts of phone calls and emails on all the different projects going, where the fuck are we? And I'm slowly sharing. I mean, even Sunday. Sunday was meeting day, getting everything wrapped up. Um, but anyway, so the demo package, treat it like an EP. Typically, I got the songs, I kind of figure it out, I map it out. In the past, my songs used to be just the best, what I thought were the best songs. I go, okay, these have no coherent flow, but they're the best songs in this show. This is what I'm going to showcase. And that always blew up in my face because although the song, my music's never really been under the fire a whole lot. I'll be completely honest. I've always been under the fire for the execution and the script. Um, and those are years ago. So, so for years, I've really honed in and focused on the writing and the execution. Um, so nowadays, I found the happy medium place where you could technically choose other selections and things to showcase, but they all have to be coherent. You're, you're basically telling a mini story within the larger story. And that's what you're doing. So, so you can go to Act 2 and kind of share like a section of act two or even show like a little bit of act one and then a little bit of act three as long as it all has a through line like the person can like 
you know, because you also have to remember how are people looking at this? How are they hearing this? And not just about how you're presenting it, but how are they doing it? You know, are they on SoundCloud just clicking on play? Um, are they looking at a PDF? Um, you know, are they printing it out and reading it? You know, everyone kind of views media differently. Um, and one of your hurdles also is how do you present this to them? Again, we'll discuss that later, but but it is an important thing to kind of remember. So for me and my own sanity, because my openings are always the biggest openings I can... <laughs> Mommy has a lot to say. So my openings usually are very action-packed. Um, so, so yeah, so I decided to go with the first five songs, um, and I also went ahead and I kind of fleshed out Act 1, 2, and 3. The problem I was having was the core concept. I didn't really know what this was about. I I was just, I was, so here's an example. And the Infinite, my flagship musical. Um, you know, obviously, I don't have a podcast for that, but the the whole th- very very highbrow concept right so it's kind of like a punk rock a- amelie it's about a, a a woman who who her parents were famous rock stars um they were they were killed in in an accident not giving away too much and she kind of was like it's kind of like Frances Bean Cobain, right? She didn't really know what to do with her life. She's kind of flitted around. And for years, she's been sitting on this back catalog of music that her parents produced that she just never released. Um, and through her kind of like figuring this out and piecing this back catalog together, we kind of, she basically has a reimagined retelling of what she wanted her parents to become, what she wanted to happen with their parents. Um, And it was very cute, but there was like this overall concept that was just very lacking. Um, And then pulling from my own personal experiences and pulling from other stories, I realized it's about alcoholism. (laughs) Um, so, So the whole idea became the core concept, although nothing in the script really changed. The foundation of which is that Sophie is at the the daughter is actually an alcoholic, and she doesn't realize she's an alcoholic because she self selects and hangs out with people that are also alcoholics. So she has no clue that this delusional state she's always in, this kind of like free form Amelie esque place, is actually induced by drugs and alcohol. So so there is a core concept now where everything kind of surfaces around her own personal development and growth, her recognizing that she self-selects for certain types of people. She's recognizing that, yeah, there's this glamorous, fun party atmosphere that she's living in, but it's been taking a huge toll on her, both emotionally and physically, for years, without her even really knowing it. And, and that I can write really fucking well, because that's my life story in a nutshell. I'm, I've got mommy issues and daddy issues but (laughs) but that's a whole other story so 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 that is kind of an idea of a concept right something that you may not have necessarily thought of when you first passed through it but then you kind of went back and you started really exploring it and you're figuring it out and then you're like oh fuck yeah that's the answer it's about alcoholism sparkle bony bear is a little bit different because it's (sighs) You know, you you know. So let me just write what I. Let me just read what I wrote. 
At its core, the show is about constantly searching for the unknown. The fear that stopping is tantamount to death. You're always searching for the answer, even after you found them. So then, and it, it didn't really stick why I was thinking this, until I started to kind of break out and really just hone in on Topher the lead and Kevin the abusive ex. And so I was trying to really kind of map out, well, what the hell is going on? So like for Topher, um, Kevin has the ability to be selfish, to say no without regret, in all honesty, to just do whatever the fuck he wants whenever he wants it with no real moral understanding of how he's affecting other people. For Kevin, Topher has compassion and absolute empathy. And because of this, everyone loves him. He's intelligent and doesn't just blindly do things. In all honesty, it's that he's thoughtful. So what I was kind of showcasing was, as I'm developing this, about, it's about searching. And it's about searching after you found the answer. And I think there's no better way and no other recourse than to time travel to find an answer that you've already found. To have an answer that's already in front of your face, you must travel in the past to recreate it until it hits you over the head to figure it out. But because I started really focusing on Kevin and what he too wanted, all of a sudden, that's where searching becomes about everything. This is where Kevin all of a sudden has a much more important integral role in the show because it's no longer just about Topher going, oh, I got beat up by this guy that I'm in love with, so I'm going to change him. It's also about, well, why did the guy beat you up in the first place? What is it about you, you know, and what is it about him? And finding that the things that you love about someone are also the reason why you hate someone. Because remember, the opposite of love is hate, or is not, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Um, but hate is just the same as love, just with a different polarity on it. Oh God, that sounds so fucking heavy. But y you understand what I'm saying. That's kind of at its core of searching, right? These two wayward souls come from completely different walks of life and they're attracted to each other because of these things that they feel are missing in their own life that they've been searching for. They find it. But when they find it and they find it in someone else, it forces them to recognize that with the good is the bad and it forces them to kind of really take a hard look at it. Unfortunately for these two characters in the moment when they should be like being retrospective, they're just beating the shit out of it. Well, Kevin is beating the shit out of Topher, and Topher's taking it and just doing this whole Oedipus. Why me? Why are all these terrible things happening to me? So now that I have this concept of, oh, so now these two are actually up at the same level, you know, just in different polarities, I can kind of pull from that. I can really mess with this timeline. So, so after I kind of came up with the core concept, then I kind of came up with the act structure. So act one... We set up the demons and ultimately confront them. Topher needs to make this work of his and get it up. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> I'm such a terrible freeform writer. Um, so basically, act one is all about setting up what's going on. Topher goes back to high school. Um, he's got this mission. He's starting this mission. He's figuring this mission out. He's getting everyone up and going. Then we get to act two. And it's getting the fuck out of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was really important. I did not want this entire show set in Iowa. I was like, 
fuck that. Um, so the whole purpose of Act Two is him like saving up and getting moving to Chicago, where Kevin lives, because that's where he grew up, and putting everything in motion so that he can get everything up and running. And then Act Three is obviously what happens to every is not obvious because it's a little bit of a catch. Act three is really about what happens to everyone around Topher, everyone that was along for the ride, you know? And and then I put in this really weird, really small note right before I was getting yelled at and I needed to run out and smoke more pot, um, was Belle and Sebastian. And I just, I, uh, I was getting my poke bowl and I was listening to the Calypso music. I started going, oh, Bell and Sebastian is a really interesting example. They're a band that started in high school. They were a high school project. And then, you know, like, like the 1% of creative things, it went beyond a high school project and became this amazing album that we all know and love and we love the band and they became hugely successful, you know. And then I kind of was like going, huh. You know, I keep kind of focusing on Topher being this, like, pianist writer guy, but I didn't really know, like, the arc, and I didn't want it to be cheesy. And so then I'm able to kind of loop back around and be like, oh. So the whole kind of concept is Topher forms a band because Topher knows where music shifts. He he has a concept of the past and the future, and so he knows what's going to hit, what's going to hit big. So he's going to use this opportunity to kind of change his own outlook because remember even if he writes this hit song he's in Iowa he's not going to affect the timeline tremendously but if he can at least kind of be up on what's happening and what's hip he's gonna have a leg up on everyone else he and because he has the experience of a 50 year old as opposed to the 16 year old self he is he can actually get out of high school way early he knows all the information. He knows all the life skills already. So he can kind of get up and at him. He's already 500 steps ahead of the game. Because it's already an absurdist musical, because the first thing people are going to go is, why don't you memorize lottery ticket numbers? Well, I could do that, but that would be kind of boring. And I'm sure I'll find a way of explaining why that doesn't work. I don't really... It, that's a whole other thing that we'll deal with. But for the demo package... Now we have a core concept. We are searching even after we've found the answer. That is the core concept behind everything we're working on. Every character has to be searching for something. And more importantly, they have to be searching for something that they've already discovered. Now that I've got this, then I've got... And you can see how as I'm working through the demo, it's actually reflecting how I'm going to write the script and write music further. So, see, now you're seeing the, the amazing benefit. So then I started kind of going on, and I was like, okay. So I had alluded to in a previous episode that one of the things I found really un- interesting for my backstory was that my very first kind of gay encounter in high school was with a guy who we'll just call him Matt, who Matt, who... You know, we didn't, it wasn't sexual, it was more emotional, but we had like this overnight thing, and you know, we were, (laughs) I met him because I was playing piano at Stebbins Children's Theater for the Snoopy musical, but I never learned the music, so 
I had a lot of downtime because what I did instead was I recorded all of the piano score in MIDI and would play it on the MIDI computer plug-in without anyone realizing what I was doing. And I would just pretend to play on the keyboard. Uh, and I again, Mason City, Iowa, you can get away with shit like that. But oh my God, it was so horrible. But one of the cast members, because remember at this point, I'm 16. The cast are wildly in age range from like 8 to like 18. So for the first time, I'm kind of making friends in this very weird situation. The girl who was playing the lead, whose father was this actual like very well-to-tuned neurosurgeon in <laughs> Iowa, um, who was backing the entire production. Um, she obviously like lived in this mansion, and she had this huge crush on me. And she used to always compare me to Ben Harper. I don't know why. Like she used to always want to listen to Ben Harper songs and talk about how this was about our life together, which was like uh, I'm gay. I mean, I wasn't out of the closet then, so it was a very complicated situation. But so through her, I met Matthew because Matthew would hang out with them. But he wasn't really a theater guy. I don't really know what his deal was, but. You know, we came, became very grossly entangled with each other for, for, you know, a good chunk of time for a kid, which was like a couple of months. Um, and then it just kind of fizzled out. Like, I don't really recall why. But years later, years later, I was talking to someone and I found out he committed suicide after I left. Like, after I left Iowa, I have no, no one knows why he killed himself. I'm not even sure if maybe it was him and it was someone else they were talking about. But in my head, that always stuck with me, right? Here's this guy that I knew that was my first very emotional connection to a male, and he's dead because he killed himself. Um, that type of shit leaves a mark. So <laughs> naturally, I have to monopolize and use that. <laughs> So now, not only do I have this kind of mirror image between Topher and Kevin, and I have the core concept of searching, and now I've further developed the idea of it's about a bunch of kids starting a band, but not like a high school musical band. They're starting like a real band. Like this is, they're going to be the next Bell and Sebastian, basically. Yeah, no sweat on the music side. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, so now I'm kind of introducing this Matt character who I'm just calling Ryan just because, you know, why not? And so, and I've already kind of talked about this previous episodes, but so with Ryan's kind of core concept, kind of taking all of the backstory I already have from my own personal life, I'm kind of like, what if Ryan was a singer? What if Ryan could be part of this band and that Topher is letting this kid be part of the band not just because it's the only guy that can sing, but also because there is this kind of ulterior motive of saving this guy's life. But really, it's about searching. It's about him trying to figure out why this guy killed himself. Is he killing himself because he was secretly gay? Was he killing himself because his mother was a horrible human being? Like, you know, there's all these questions that he wants answered. And so it's kind of like, he's like, well, it's a twofer. I make sure he doesn't kill himself. And I finally answered this question I've been wanting to know ever since I found out when I was like 20. So so I'm kind of building on that. And I say that because then I kind of have the whole kind of... The, the log line is about the few, you know, time-traveling element. But ultimately, the Act 1 structure is they form a 
expand and become the next Runaways. So instead of Bell and Sebastian, I'm kind of saying Runaways because I want to kind of like punk it up a little bit. Um, Kate hopes Topher won't get to Kevin. Ryan is clueless, or yes, but has his suspicions. So what I'm trying to say, and again, I'm so sorry for the confusion so far, but so if you remember Kate, Kate is the cool chick that Topher confides in. And she's the only type of cool chick that would actually kind of take away and believe what Topher is saying in the first place. So she's in this band too. So now we've got like these three central characters in the aisle. You got Topher, you got Kate, and you got Ryan. They're all going to start a band. And now it kind of becomes like this menage a trois with them emotionally because Kate knows everything that's happening. Ryan knows nothing that's happening. And Topher is the one pulling all the strings. So you have this very curious dynamic. And the reason I'm kind of explaining that in greater detail is because now we kind of start going back to the demo package and going, okay, what are the songs I want to show? Well, I want to show in sequence the first opening numbers. Um, So I'm going to push myself and I'm going to do five numbers. So the very first number is the opening number. Um, and it's Kevin singing his Thanks for Everything song. Um, then we have this kind of, the second track is actually kind of a twofer. It's the opening piano track where Topher is all of a sudden this like crazy composer guy. And it's his rock number where he's singing, which in a weird way, and I'll talk about at some point later, um, Kevin sings throughout Topher's numbers because Topher himself isn't supposed to be like a great singer. He's supposed to be a very stylized singer. Um, And then the third track, I have the Kevin mother duet. And basically the song kind of shows a similarity, similarities, at least Topher between Kevin and his mother. It starts to kind of show the darker side of this, but also kind of makes sense of what's happening. Um, To Topher, Kevin and his mother are the same people. It's why he loves them, but at the same time is terrified by them. Um, There are obviously going to be some major differences between the two characters, but from an emotional standpoint, from Topher's point of view, they're the same people. This song is going to be really badass. I've been... So far, it's kind of like I've been listening to like a lot of Metric, the song Black Sheep, um, a lot of Wings, Paul McCartney, Live and Let Die, and then also kind of Queen, um, Under Pressure, but very specifically the duet between Annie Lennox and David Bowie. All these songs are kind of like swirling around in my head to write this number, so that should be pretty badass. I think that's also a really good way to kind of break this thing out a little bit. Um, and then I have the fourth song is going to be Kate. And it's my introduction to Kate. It's kind of setting up the high school environment and how the social dynamics play out. Plus, she shows how badass Kate really is. I just love Kate, the real person as a human being who I've not spoken to in a decade. (laughs) So maybe after I'm done writing this, I'll go to her and be like, hey, I love you. Um, And then finally, I'm putting in a Kevin and Topher duet. And basically, this entire number recreates how they originally met. and how, in the point of the number, without going into too much detail yet, is just like, it showcases how unchanged they were and how polar opposite they were 
from the very first minute they met each other, which is what drew them to each other in the first place. Um, so yeah, and so those are those are my five songs. Yay! So so that's so now I have this demo package, right? Or I have what I will create for my demo. Um, obviously, I've got a act one, two, three structure. Even though the third act, where it's kind of more like a what happened everyone along for the ride, because obviously Topher has his own ulterior motive, right? And also, Topher, after two years, is going to just become Topher and not future Topher inside of past Topher. He's just going to be Topher with no memory of the future. He'll remember everything that happened while he was there. So he could be wildly different. So, so third act could literally just be one or two songs which i'm prone to actually do for third acts um or it could be like a more fleshed out it just kind of depends on where the characters kind of move and shake along the rest of the show so we've got that structure which will be transformed into an outline we've got our log line we've got our synopsis all these things i'm still ironing out. Excuse me, I keep burping while I'm drinking coffee, which I don't know why. Um, and then I've got the demo package song list, so the songs I want to incorporate in it. And then also, obviously in this, I'm also going to have like complete comprehensive character breakdowns, at least of these main characters that I've been discussing so far. Um, it's a musical, so you can usually take liberty and have a lot of characters. I tend to not do that because I don't feel like that's how real life works, at least for me. Um, for me, it's you have core people that are usually about five people at any given moment in your life, and then everything else swirling around it is more like incidental noise. People kind of pop in and out, but for very brief moments. And writing about that is difficult because that brief moment that that extraneous character pops in, there's probably like five years worth of backstory behind it. But why would you go over five years of backstory for like a 30-second exchange on Facebook? I'm glad I recorded that because that's actually an interesting idea for a show. <laughs> so no one steal that. Trademark, copyright, that's mine. I, I want to I wanna further think about that future, but I have enough projects, so we'll keep to what is at hand. I'm going to take a brief break and then hopefully try to wrap this up. And I'm back for my brief break. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, that was that was an interesting episode. Um I for you it might have been boring as fuck, but for me it was very cathartic. Felt like I got a lot out. Uh plus a lot of this is going to be rambles. A lot of this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense, especially at first. I mean, we're six out now, we're six episodes deep in it. Um I feel like I've I've learned enough and kind of figured things out. I think the most blindingly obvious issue is not having someone else to talk to. Um, all of these things are going to be rectified in the next swath of episodes. Um, if you didn't know, and you probably did, I'm actually recording, producing, engineering all of this on my own. And because of that, there's a lot of like inner workings just to get me to a point at a fucking mic because... I'm also really busy. <laughs> um, and also, I am a caring, compassionate human being. I don't want to have my colleagues on here to do my podcast if no one is listening to it yet. But now I'm at a point 
I think it's time. So I will be bringing in guests starting on the very next episode. Um, I'm not announcing who they are yet because Sparkle Pony Bear itself has been going through a lot of metamorphosis and a lot of changes. There's a lot of things about the music that's been ironed out that I want to kind of like share. And I think it's better to share that with actual talent and actual people that are helping me develop it, as well as bringing on my other production team that work on all my other stuff too. That's going to happen, and I promise you it's going to happen on the next episode because me blathering away, although I find cathartic and entertaining (laughs) because who doesn't love to hear themselves speak, um, probably is not the most advantageous for you guys. So just thank you to all of you that have hunkered down and experienced the bliss. There will still be plenty of places where it's just me talking um even when there is a guest (laughs) but but just know that 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 will all iron itself out and hopefully the next episode i'll have some very interesting announcements to make as well um but yeah uh you can find me on facebook and on instagram and on soundcloud and on youtube all under T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. That's T-C Crosser. Um, also on the Twitter, same. everything is T-C Crosser. I highly encourage you to reach out to me, message me, ask me questions. Um, let me know how terrible I am. Um, again, I, I, I love feedback. Any type of feedback is going to be very helpful because I don't even know if people find this podcast useful or maybe they just find it entertaining um i think i've kind of finally come to the crossroads where i've used this to kind of map out the beginnings of a musical from scratch i think that over the past six episodes you've seen how this story has evolved through my own self-deprecating humor and laughter (laughs) and massive amount of pot smoke because daddy don't drink no more (laughs) um you know i i do feel like i have I, i haven't really used a lot of anecdotes i haven't told a lot of stories um just because I'm always so heavily focused on the content. But I think that now we, you have been able to experience this with me. And, and it's very exciting to see everything kind of take shape all at the same time. Um, there is no like backstory of, oh, while you were away, I wrote all of this. So let's talk about what I did. Instead, it's been very kind of stream of consciousness, which is what this podcast really is. It's a stream of consciousness hopefully or absolutely on the next episode bringing in some guest people and some interviews everything will make a lot more sense or at least feel a little bit more like a conversation and less like like a weird narration with no real point um so again thank you for bearing with me reach out me on social media um that's also where i'm going to kind of update and showcase like who's coming up and what's going to be happening um it'll be a brand new format it's going to be much more polished now that mommy's had her break and ready to go so thank you everyone um and that's it i i'm not even going to end with any closing music this time no opening music, no closing music. Let's keep this simple. Let's just fucking throw this shit in the can, bitch. Drop the mic like Kanye.